Um, we're going to have our Bible reading now. Just remember, this is the first of our series, uh, short mini-series uh, for Mission Week. Not that Jesus I ordered. Um, and we're going to have our reading from Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30 from Michelle. Thank you. Morning, everyone. So our reading will be from Matthew 11, 25 to 30. All right. Matthew 11, 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God. I'll pray for us now. And actually, uh, as I pray for us, let me make an announcement as well. This book right here, uh, I'll be making quite a a number of references uh, from it. It's a book called Gentle and Lowly. I think most of you uh, have probably heard of it. You've read it. If you're new to our church, or to this church rather, and you'd love to grab a copy at the end of the service. Please come to the front and get yourself one. How about I pray as we come to God's word? Our Father, we do thank you that in Jesus, your wrath was satisfied. We thank you that in Jesus, your love for us was magnified. And we praise you that he has come to give us rest. And rest from all that burdens us. So as we come to your word this morning, would you help us to see Jesus anew and celebrate his work for us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What leaves you weary and burdened? Think about that for a moment. I think if most of us were to be honest this morning, we would admit that there's so many things in life that can and often do weigh down our hearts. Death, grief, worry, illness, guilt, shame, moral failure, marital tension, dysfunctional relationships, loneliness, parenting, financial hardship, or an unfulfilling job. See, all these things can become burdens, whether self-imposed or something that is beyond our control, that can cause us to be exhausted and feeling crushed. So let me ask you this morning, how are you doing? Has life and the world worn you out? Are you tired? Are you tired 
of trying to be a better person, only to fail? Are you tired of chasing after happiness, but never being satisfied? Are you tired of being afraid because you don't know what tomorrow holds? How are you doing this morning? But perhaps, as I've even asked this of you, some of you are even struggling to formulate or articulate how you feel. You're struggling to put your words together. So let me see if I can help you or help us out with the words from this poem, a wonderful poem called Exhaustion. Listen to this. I am tired. Not for a lack of rest, no. I slept quite well last night. And I had my coffee this morning. It's something deeper, something inherently present. It's in the fibers of my skin, in my tendons, in my eyes. I'm exhausted, fatigued by life, by the noise and silence, by the people and empty rooms, the light and darkness, by hope and despair. So worn down by the world that nothing in it can refresh my mind from the constant buzzing. I'm tired. And there are not enough hours in the night for the type of rest I need. Could this be you this morning? Are you tired? Has life and the world worn you out? Are you in need of an otherworldly type of rest? Now, I imagine that if you are new to the church or you're new to Christianity, or if you've just come across this online, that the very last place you would think to find Christianity, or to find this rest, rather, would be Jesus. Perhaps you think this morning, Jesus, instead of unburdening you, will rather urge to the burden that you have and make it heavier. He is, after all, a killjoy. And Christianity is a straitjacket. Right? Perhaps that's what you think. Well, let me tell you this. Why don't you allow this morning Matthew to show you who the real Jesus is? Why don't you allow Matthew to show you the heart of Jesus? And perhaps this morning you will realize that this Jesus is not the Jesus you ordered. See, Matthew here in this passage that has been called a passage that is about the heart of Jesus, the only passage actually in the scriptures where Jesus tells us what his heart is like, what is most natural to him, what Matthew shows us is this, as the author of Gentle and Lowly says, the posture that is most natural to Jesus is not a pointed finger, but open arms. See, Jesus has come to give us the kind of life that God has always intended for humanity, and it is a life of rest, a life of peace and wholeness. And so as we turn to the passage this morning, I want you to be thinking about that, the rest and joy that you heard about in the songs, the rest and joy that Jesus has come to offer us. But for us to investigate this passage, I have three points for us, three questions. And here are the three questions. What is this life of rest? And two, who is it for? 
And three, how is it received? Now, let me just warn you. These three points will be like climbing to the top of a summit. So if you're waiting for the punchline to arrive, don't worry, it will get there at the end. We'll get there. Here's our very first point. What is this life of joy? Well, let's come to our passage, and we'll focus on verse 28 to 30. Listen to what Matthew says to us. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word Jesus uses there for rest is actually the same word we heard a bit earlier in the poem. Refresh. Nothing in the world can refresh my mind from the constant buzzing. It's the same word. Jesus is saying, come to me and your soul, your life will be refreshed. Other people have explained this word in this way. Rest means to restore or to give strength, to relieve after fatigue, or to revive what is drooping. See, this word carries the idea of giving someone relief, of causing someone to cease from labor so that they can rest. Now, at first, it might sound like the rest that Jesus is offering us is physical rest, but it isn't just that. See, the rest Jesus offers us is a rest that is all-consuming. It is a rest for our minds, our bodies, and soul. A rest that lifts our weariness and our burdens. Now, how can this be? How can it be? Didn't I just say a short while ago that there's nothing in this world that can refresh my mind? So how can Jesus give us this rest? Can we trust him? Can we, in the words of another Christian called Spurgeon, who is this man who calls us so earnestly and promises rest so confidently? Is he an imposter? Will he play us false like everything else in the world? Does he boast beyond his own abilities? No, he doesn't. And here's why. Look at what Jesus says about himself in the passage. Look at verse 27. The first thing Jesus shows us about himself in verse 27 is this. Let's read it together. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. You see that? The very first thing Jesus tells us about himself is that he is the one who's come to reveal the heart of the Father. If you study the scriptures from the beginning all the way to the end, you realize that the Father's heart is to come to dwell with humanity and to give us the life that he has always intended, a life of rest. Genesis 1 and 2, God invites Adam and Eve to a life of rest, a life where all the burdens that could weigh on them is taken away. Revelation 21 and 22 shows us that at the very end, God keeps his promise. But Jesus in this passage says, I am the one who has come to reveal the heart of the Father, the Father's desire to bring you into his rest. So come to me to receive this rest 
But notice the second thing that he says to us in the passage. In the next chapter, rather, look at verse 6 of chapter 12. Jesus says this to us. I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. Now, the temple for the people of God, the temple was the place where God dwelt in. It was a building where God filled, a building that God rather filled with his presence. Now, the purpose of God doing this, the purpose of God dwelling with his people in a temple is so that he could give them the life that he has always intended. Now, notice what Jesus says in verse 6. Something greater than the temple is here. Jesus wants the people who are before him, the scribes and Pharisees, who are asking him a question about the Sabbath, to realize that the new temple, the true temple, has arrived. God has come to dwell with his people to give them the life that he has promised. Jesus wants the Pharisees and scribes to realize that the rest or the command to rest on the Sabbath could not give them the rest that their restless hearts needed. The command to rest on the Sabbath could not give them the rest that our restless world needed. And so God has to come and intervene himself to bring us this rest. Jesus in this moment says, that time has come. He has come to give us God's rest. God's rest is found in him. He doesn't just promise God's rest or offer it to us. He is God's rest for us. And so if we're looking for rest for our souls, it is found in Jesus. This is the beauty of the gospel. Once again, a quote from this book. Listen to what Dan Oswald says. The simplicity of Jesus' promise is both striking and refreshing. Jesus doesn't offer us a fourfold path to rest or peace as Buddha does. He doesn't give us five pillars to peace or rest through submission as Islam does. Nor does Jesus give us ten ways to relieve our weariness like self-help gurus do. Jesus instead offers himself as a universal solution to all that burdens us. He comes and gives himself for all that burdens us. Jesus is the answer to every question, to every concern, fear, and need we will ever have. Jesus is our rest. That's the first point. What is this rest? It's a rest that lifts our burdens, and it's a rest that is found in Jesus, and Jesus is that rest. But let's continue to explore this as we move on to our second question. Who is this rest for? Verse 28, let's go back to it. Notice what Matthew once again tells us. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see who this rest is for? All who labor and are heavy laden. A different translation puts it this way. All who are tired and worn out and burned out on religion. So in the first instance, these very words talk about people who are burned out by religion. At this time, you had the leaders of the people of God, the scribes and Pharisees. What they did is they came up with extra laws to add to what God had given his people. 
on how they can have a relationship with him. And what these extra laws actually did is they added a burden for the people. The people already had the burden of sin they carried. But these extra laws made it seem as though the people need to perform, they need to do something to please God before they're acceptable to him. But because these are laws that the Pharisees themselves came up with, they, in a sense, chose that the pe- chose the people who are presentable before God, the people whom God accepts. This is why religion for the people at the time was a burden. And so Jesus comes to lift up not just the burden of sin, but the burden of trying to work your own way to God. See, he wants to show them that that's not possible. God needs to intervene. God needs to come and lift our burden of sin. Jesus needs to come and live the life, the righteous life that you and I couldn't, so that we are made right with God. That's the very first thing that Jesus wants them to see about this rest. But this word here, as our author points out, is a word that, is, that can actually be seen in a broader sense. It can talk about not just the burden of sin, but the burden of struggling with all the brokenness that we see in our world. Listen to what he says about this very word. Those who, are, those who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus here uses a phrase that is big enough to include every type of sinner, every type of sufferer in the world, a word so big and so inclusive that everyone who has ever lived fits inside of the all. See, all of us here this morning are weary and burdened. We're not just burdened by our sin. We're not just burdened by our guilt and shame, but we're burdened by loneliness. We're burdened by broken families, burdened by fatherlessness. We're burdened by financial difficulties. What Jesus wants us to see is God has come to give us rest. An all-consuming rest. Rest from sin and rest from all the suffering that is in our world. And so if you are working yourself to death, trying to fix your life, trying to please God, trying to please others, trying to please yourself, you are laboring, you don't need to. If you are heavy laden, heavy laden by the suffering in our world, you don't need to carry all that suffering. Jesus offers us his rest. There's rest that is found in him. And the good news is, you and I don't have to do anything to be given this rest. There's nothing we need to do. We don't have to have our lives put together before that, before we receive this rest. And now for most of us, the churches maybe we've been to or the people we've encountered Or perhaps our our upbringing has made it seem as though we need to have our lives put together before we come to God. And so we try to have our lives put together. While inside, we're crumbling and falling apart. We are clouded by guilt, guilt of a past moral failure. We are ashamed to share with anyone else what that person said or did to you. We are worried sick about our finances, about our marriage, our kids, and so much more. We are afraid to admit our unhappiness or lack of satisfaction, despite having the dream job, the dream car, and dream family. 
And this weighs on us. It weighs on our hearts. This is what Jesus says to us. If you feel a heaviness in your heart that you want to be free of, whether it's sin or sorrow, anxiety or remorse, whether it's uncertainty or anything else, you are invited to his rest. The only qualification you need is weariness and weightiness. That's all you need to come before him. And he has come to deal with all that burdens you. And as you come before Jesus, know this. Your problem is not big enough, is not too big for him. Your problem is not something that will cause him to turn you away. Once again, the author of this book, I recommend this book highly. He says this, your need is not a problem for Jesus. You're not adding some burden to him. He is there to unburden you. In fact, your burden is the very thing that delights him. He loves to care for you. You can trust him with who you really are because this passage tells us who he really is. And this is who he is. He's gentle and lowly of heart. He's gentle and lowly of heart. He's ready to receive all who would come to him. He's not harsh and reactionary. He's not easily frustrated or put out. He's not ready to strike you down. The posture that is most natural to Jesus is not a pointed finger, but open arms. See, he's ready to receive you into his rest. A rest that lifts up your burden of sin. A rest that lifts up your burden of struggling with the suffering that is in our world. This is the rest Jesus offers us. But here's the requirement. You and I need to realize that we are weary and burdened. And this is where our third point takes us to. How is this rest received? Verse 28, once again to 30. Come to me, Jesus says in verse 28. In verse 29, he says, take up my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest. I'm not sure if you notice the two phrases Jesus uses there to say how this rest is received. It is as we come to him and take up his yoke, his yoke or his burden that is lighter. Now, what's this whole idea of a yoke? What's that about? Uh, if you're into farming like Eddie, perhaps you would know that a yoke is a wooden bar that is harnessed between two animals. You've got a much more mature animal, perhaps an oxen, two pa a pair of oxen rather. You've got a more mature one and a least experienced one. And what would happen is the more mature oxen leads the younger one to see the right path, the way to go. That's what a yoke is about. But actually in the Old Testament, Yoke was also used to refer to submitting to God, to devoting yourself to God. Now what Jesus wants us to see here is he calls us to come to him, to devote ourselves to him, to trust in him. And it is as we trust in him that he deals with our burden of sin, but he also then shows us how to live in such a way that we can find rest. He shows us the way to live in such a way we can find rest. And this is the way. 
It means, one, I need to realize that I'm weary and burdened. Two, it means I need to stop trusting myself and living life my own way and thinking I'm my own king. I can sort out my own sin. I can sort out the suffering in the world. No, we can't. It then means we need to turn to Jesus and trust in him. And it is, it is as we trust in Jesus, it is as we keep company with him, that we learn to live lightly and freely. Now let me show you what it looks like to live lightly and freely. To live lightly and freely means I come before God and trust that the only way I am made right is by resting in what Jesus has done. It means even as a Christian, after I have sinned, I don't need to work my own way up back to God, which we often do. We do something wrong, And the very first thing I want to do is read my Bible, which is a good thing. I want to pray. I want to serve people. But all of those things are done by us as a way to work our way back to God. No. What Jesus says is, I have done all that is needed for you to be made right with God. So the only thing you need to do is to come to this rest, which allows you to freely, freely confess sin. God, I have messed up. So help me to live differently. This is what this rest does for us. It means I don't have to carry the burden of sin. I don't have to carry the burden of guilt and shame. I don't have to carry the burden of my past moral failure. I can bring it all to Jesus and cast it onto him. And he carries it for me. But it means as I think about the suffering in the world, as I worry about my finances, as I worry about my kids, my family, and many other things, it means I can bring these very things to Jesus. Jesus, after all, says this to us in Matthew 6. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. He says to us, you who have come to the Father, you who have come to throw your burdens on God, you have a Father in heaven. And if your father cares for the lilies of the grass and cares for the birds of the air, why would he not take care of you? Whatever burden you're carrying this morning, financial difficulty, marital tension, whatever brokenness it is, Jesus says, bring it to him. Bring it to him. Now you notice I haven't said Jesus takes away all of our problems. Although he may very well do so. See, Jesus, when he comes in his death and resurrection, he comes to give us a foretaste of what heaven looks like or the new heavens and earth. A foretaste of what the new creation would look like. And so as we pray, as we pray actually even in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew's Gospel, we actually pray for a foretaste of that that very life. So you can ask God, God, can you take away these problems in my life? But even if he doesn't, you can have the kind of rest, the kind of rest that says, I don't have to carry this. I can work for the sake of my family's future, but I'm trusting God to provide. And that helps you to actually not just rest spiritually, It helps you to rest physically. A lot of us overwork ourselves to death in jobs, 
in companies. And yes, you do need to work to the very top. You do need to do well. But the reason why most of us aren't resting physically is because we have not rested in God spiritually. We've not brought all of our burdens to him and entrusted these things and entrusted these things to him that he would care for us. See, we live freely and lightly when we bring these burdens to him. If you've gone grocery shopping in the last while, we will come to the end very soon. Then you would know that getting a trolley is, is adding to your weight, isn't it? I mean, think about it. You could just carry the things. The trolley is added weight. But none of us would argue that having the trolley makes moving with the burdens a lot easier. See, because Jesus comes and carries these burdens for us, life becomes easier and lighter. We can live free. We can find rest in him. If you have not yet found this rest in Jesus, can I plead with you to decide to do so? Jesus is no killjoy. He wants you to have the good life. He wants you to have the best life. He has come for that purpose. But I know even as I say this, there are some this morning who will continue to reject Jesus, who will continue to turn away from him. What Jesus says to us, if we do so, it does not end well for us. See, in just a few verses earlier, he talks about people who've rejected his message and his miracles, who've rejected his offer, and he shows them that it does not end well. See, it does not end well in this way. You and I will continue to live with a hellish restlessness in our lives, in this life. But in the life to come, it'll be worse than the hellish restlessness we feel now. But Jesus wants to spare you from that. So that you would sing, as we did earlier, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck you from his hands. Once you come to this rest, let me close for us with another poem. Listen to these words. Once my hands were always trying. And this poem actually applies to both Christians and those who are not Christians as yet. Once my hands were always trying, trying hard to do my best. Now my heart is sweetly trusting and my soul is at rest. Once my life was full of effort, now it's full of joy and zest. Since I took his yoke upon me, Jesus gives to me his rest. Amen.